What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. Ray is not your father. I'm your father, Dominic. I'm your father. Enjoying the ride, Randy. You son of a bitch! You're Suddenly, afterwards, he posts a picture. New profile prick. He's wearing like a Facebook ad <laughs> shirt, and you're like, "Oh, I get why I liked it now." <laughs> he's wearing the new. He's wearing a shirt that says, "Never mess with a KO fan on a Thursday." <laughs> oh shoot, that's awesome. Who was born in a midsummer night and likes the Golden Girls? <laughs> and yes, I bought too. myself a shirt. Like you're, just, <laughs> you're just messing with someone like that, and you're like, "Wait a second, when were you born?" Not two six. Do you like the Packers? Yes. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. You're a little crazy, I know. <laughs> Everybody run! <laughs> it's just like that scene in the Nutty Professor when he like blows up. He's gonna blow. <laughs> I need to steal that and write it into something. It's all yours. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I don't know how much of this I'll keep in. <laughs> but, uh, Hopefully not very much. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Ruthless Aggression Podcast Patreon exclusive review of Monday Night Raw, February 21st, 2005. I am Levi, joined as always by that big juicy Kyle. Kyle, what's going on, man? There's not nothing going on, I swear. I swear there's nothing. What is he hiding down there? Makes you wonder. Anyway, joined as always, <laughs> to my left, it's that good old Jake R. One take, Jake, back in the booth. How are you, sir? Oh, you know, I am fine and dandy like sour candy. I got a second cup of Joe and I'm ready to go. Uh, uh, you know what I gotta say about that? What? Wait a second! Where did that come from? <laughs> 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 oh, I can't breathe. Oh my gosh, I can't breathe. 
<laughs> We've officially hit the late 90s talk radio. Yeah! Fart in all caps. That's Big Levi and the Cookie Punch. <laughs> <laughs> I Chihuahua! Weenie in the butt. We we weenie in the butt. Weenie in the asshole. So this event took place February 21st, 2005 at State College, Pennsylvania, or excuse me, in State College, Pennsylvania at the Bryce Jordan Center, home of the uh, Nittany Lions. Rapist. Yeah, yeah, at this point, kind of icky. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, do you not? No. <laughs> I don't know sports or sports adjacent things, sorry. Well, it was, a, it was a pretty big story. It kind of, it transcended sport. Basically, there was a guy who was on the coaching staff at Penn State um, named Jerry Sandusky. Sandusky, who was diddling little boys in the locker room uh, under the watch of Joe Paterno. And he knew about it and didn't do anything about it. And so, like, yeah, he became a disgraced former coach after this. But it was right, right around this time it was happening, so it's possible that while this event was going on, Jerry Sandusky had a little boy in the shower. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> probably, yeah, I, probably. You know how you mention it? I vaguely remember that, just because I just remember, like, That's so old fucker, little kids. And I remember that being in the news. <laughs> we, uh, in my opinion, this was a surprising attendance number, but we have an attendance of 3,500 with a capacity of 15,000. So quite small for this episode of Raw. This important episode... Huh? I thought so. I mean, it kind of, kind of felt it, man. Kind of felt it, man. The crowd was not with it this show. Yeah, I mean, they had they had their peaks and valleys, but there were there were moments where, like, come on, fans. Come on, fan. Come on, fan. Unless <clears throat> you got Xbox out out there. <laughs> Our theme song tonight is "Across the Nation" by the Union Underground. Big surprise there, huh? Yeah, that's it. Surprise, big one. So let's get the Raws and the Nas and go forward. Hey, you want me to, to break down the set? <laughs> Just kidding, it's Raw. <laughs> There's a naked girl almost on the video that made you go, oh, is that a naked girl? And then you realize there's network TV on Spike and there's no way there's a naked girl. And you're like, show me gazongas or bosoms. What do you think about that side boob? Do you like it? Well, you shouldn't, because it's my side. <laughs> also accurate for the time. Another set's freaking McFarlane. <laughs> Seth Franklin McFarlane. <laughs> oh, did you see where Seth freaking McFarlane wrestled uh, the Judgment Day? I heard people say this thing, but I don't know. I didn't follow it too much. I saw when Seth McFarlane wrestled diabetes. Oh. We are sponsored tonight by three sponsors. Constantine, the film. Juicy, yes. Juicy Drop Pop. And Truth ad campaigns for uh, Stop It Tobacco. So, uh, first and foremost, did you guys see Constantine back in the day? Yes. Okay, well, what? No. I, I certainly didn't. Dude, I love this movie. It's actually one of my, well, it was one of my favorite comic book movies until they became more prevalent. Um, Keanu Reeves plays John Constantine, who is a titular character of the Hellblazer comic series. 
Um, and he basically has to fight a bunch of demons and keep the devil from taking over the world. Um, at one point he died when he was uh, young and he came back to life in an ambulance so now he can travel basically back and forth. Uh, goes to hell at one point to recover this one little bit of something or other and yeah, has to, has to do a lot of cool crazy shit. Uh, I recommend the movie to anybody who hasn't seen it. It's a pretty good representation of John Constantine on film. I, I highly endorse this movie. It's one of my favorites. Well, that actually sounds very interesting. I might, I might go check it out. Yeah, de demons and angels, man. And the Angel. and the war between them. I, I never saw it, and I have yet to see it to this day. Well, Kyle, you're probably an expert on Juicy Drop Pop, so can you give us a review of Juicy Drop Pop? <laughs> Actually, uh... Can you yeah, get a fat guy review of the Juicy Drop Pop? They're so juicy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, they're all right. I, I've had them. I had one a, a long, long time ago. It's uh, the sour ones, and it was good, but the only thing about those is it's always like, put as little or as much as you want, but then it's like, well, great. I've used as much as I want. Now I'm just stuck with a boring, unsour, stupid <laughs> sucker. Thanks, Juicy Drop Pop. <laughs> well, you know, all good things must come to an end. But, um, yeah, we're also sponsored by Truth, and um, not much to say there. Um, Actually, I, I, did, do whatever. I did take notes on that Truth campaign. Because I was curious as to what the hell it was. Oh, I just remember those all over the TV as a kid. Well, then, then yeah, it was shared everywhere. Yeah, so that specific one, uh, the Fair Enough, was basically like an ad campaign that was taking like real depositions and transcripts from like tobacco executive meetings and court cases and stuff, and they just spun it into like a kind of like a sitcom parody. So the commercials were short. It would basically be, just be like fake set, cheesy lighting, laugh track, but it would be like tobacco guys like, how can we market our, our tobacco products to younger demographics? Why don't we inject it with pure candy? Hmm. <laughs> and then it always ends with uh, the phrase, it might be funnier if it wasn't true. And it's like, whoa, these, these guys are evil. I'll never smoke a cigarette in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I, I think... You know, to be fair to them, I think they were somewhat effective because, like, I don't know, I saw them as a kid and was like, uh, that sucks. I have never smoked. I am a good boy. Were y'all ever I've peer pressured? Before. Never smoked cigarettes, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> were y'all ever peer pressured to uh, smoke in your youth? Uh, I, feel like, I feel like truth peer pressured us not to smoke. <laughs> Frankly. Honestly, too, like, if you're a kid that grew up with parents that did smoke, like, that's enough to make you yes. not want to smoke. Exactly. And so it was for me. So I was like, I don't want this. Ugh, I'm sick of this crap. Just the smokers are always the, the least considerate people you know. <laughs> like, they are just I always know. willing to smoke in front of you. And it's like, please, go away. It's uh, like, my, like my stepmom, she smoked like crazy. And only, like, in the last year has she quit, thank God. But, like, I, I got to the point where I just, like, be like family function. She'd be like, come in for a hug. And I'd be like, no, you smell <laughs> like an ashtray. Please, no. <laughs> I, I remember one time I was uh, I was up here on, on Camino Island for, for Christmas. And my mom's mom sent a, a sweatshirt for me for Christmas. And we opened the box. And it's like a 
plume of cigarette smoke just like came out of the box as we opened it. <laughs> oh my so, god! And my mom had to watch it like four times. No, I, no, man. That's that, honestly, that's how uh, my wife when she comes back from her parents, <laughs> like she just has a layer of smoke smell on her. It's so funny. Just remembering your wedding, just like how opposite like Crystal and like her parents are. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> very, very much so. <laughs> Hey, uh, but I don't want to alienate our audience here. Like, so let me just say this. If you want to. If you are out there and you smoke, stop. Put it down. Oh, you you like the cool drag of a smoke in the morning? Well, how would you like the cool drag of oxygen as you're on your deathbed, (laughs) cancer boy? Cut out the cigarettes. Hey, you know know what feels really good? A nice cool drag after a, a, a night of passionate lovemaking with someone you care about. You know what else feels good? Not having lung cancer. <laughs> oh, you'd love to pull that cigarette out of the pack? Well, how would it feel when your family pulls the plug on your life, fool? Stop the smokes. Truth. They should have hired us. The or truth. truth. 2023 Truth Campaign, starring Levi and Kyle truth, and Jake. Our truth smokes. Yeah, it smokes. There you go. Yeah, can they get other? We should do the 2023. Like, you know, you can smoke if you want to, but this is what's going to happen. Put it down and stop vaping, you pretentious people. But it tastes good, though. Uh, All right, go ahead and vape. Bye. Signature flash of the general manager, a now gray-headed Eric Bischoff, different from the, uh, you know, tricorn black Eric Bischoff that we saw just last time we reviewed a Raw, which I have no idea what that was off the top of my head. Off the top of Eric's gray head. Oh, it must have been the, the draft. That must have been the last one. That sounds right. We talked about Pepsi Blue. Simpler times. And, and how lame Maven was. We get a package detailing what's been going on with Big Teast. So Teddy Long has made a generous offer for the animal to jump ship. JBL has been antagonizing Batista. You know, he, he looks like Tarzan and he fights like Jane. It's like, why would you say this, Chibble? That's that's a touch silly. Uh, and Triple H has been leaning into all of this, you know, distantly trying to manipulate Batista into getting the heck away from him. You know, despite the fact that Triple H has out loud been saying, you know, it will be Triple H versus Batista. Like, oh, like he's waving the banner for evolution, but really he wants he wants Big Batista away. Uh, Eric Bischoff is the only one begging Batista to stay on Raw. And now that we know that John Cena is the number one contender to the WWE Championship via No Way Out, if Batista did jump ship, he'd be doing so in a triple threat match, whereas on Raw... He'd have the game all to himself. What will he decide? What do you guys think of all this? I, I think. I mean, I think it'd be silly if he walked into a situation where he doesn't have to be involved in the pinfall to lose, folks. That's just the rules of the triple threat match, even though they're dumb. 
Um, but yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think everybody wants, wants something out of Big Teast, but I don't think anybody's asked him what, what he wants. Nobody's, nobody cares. Nobody's asked him. Animal waits to do stuff. I don't know. I can't comment on it much. It's, it's cool open. Everybody thinks Batiste is just, even though they call him the animal, that he's literally a big, dumb animal. Just a big idiot. It's like God is like, I have feelings, too. You belong in the wild. <laughs> well, what are you waiting for? Can't you see I don't watch anymore? <laughs> just get out of here, you stupid, dumb animal. <laughs> Aww. Oh, he's a soft, he's a soft animal. He's like, I'm not dumb. You think this stuff's going over my head, but I'm too fast. I would catch it. (laughs) (laughs) And now, Monday Night Raw. (laughs) I'll get the guns, the drugs from my imagination. From my imagination? Yeah, I got the drugs from my imagination. Drugs in the box and eating on tacos. That's what he did. <laughs> I thought it said my generation. I, I guess you're right. I, it's like I, I heard like 50 different lyrics in this song growing Dude, up. Dude, shut up. It's Ross and Noss. We're booby bros. It's like I walk. A bunch of mishmash until <laughs> one thing I do actually like about this entrance from the era is like whenever it gets to the low part, which like to the music, you know, that's when they do all the pyro and they just kind of let it sit for a while. I always thought that was kind of neat, rather yeah. than just like like it used to be. Well, there's no need to describe the set here. You know, JR is screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> What's going on? Look at it. It's the raw titan drawn. It's a talisage. There's two smaller ones with some pillar in it. It's so cool. <laughs> it's italicized. Oh. It's italicized, and there's some danglers to the left and right. But God, it's money I wrong. Cut you. Oh, I'm from somewhere in Pennsylvania. God dang it. From pee-pee poo-poo Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, with that being one kids in the rafters, folks. With that being said, Kyle, should take us to our first match. First match, it's Triple H and Chris Benoit in a Who's a Bigger Murderer match. Oh my god. I gotta pull, gotta pull it up. It's an opening match as Trish takes on Molly, Holly, and Victoria. After not kind of looking fit. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Molly never has looked bad. They just always seem to want to position her like some grumpy person, but. She doesn't look bad at all. She's uh, put her in some wrestling gear. Damn it. 
<laughs> yeah, she's uh, at the uh, the church picnic. Like, that's her. I know. <laughs> like, she came to work. She's like, hey, Vince, uh, you know, I was thinking about getting gear. And he just looked at her, what she was wearing. She's like, no, that'll be fine. Get to the ring. <laughs> oh, Martin, if I sexually assault you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He wouldn't. Oh, Lord, I is. <laughs> Hey, no already unless I see your new fake boobs. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, icky. How about you show me those titties? I don't feel comfortable with that. Well, you know what that means. <laughs> I don't want to... <laughs> Uh, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Keep them coming. Hey, bonus Patreon people. It's the loose pod. I'm I'm adding sounds as we go if I can think of them. <laughs> I want to do that one. You're fine. Love, love it. <laughs> okay, so um let me get into the uh the, the breakdown here. <clears throat> After not being featured for a few <laughs> Sorry. And, <laughs> I, <did a> deal. <laughs> I had a go. It's a new versus a question. It's a preview episode for everybody listening now. You get to know what's to come. Sound effects, ahoy. <laughs> ahoy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. After not being featured for a few weeks on Raw. That was Jake. That was Jake. Oh, I saw his little box light up. Wait a minute. I know of. <laughs> okay, I'm done. After not being featured for a few weeks on Raw, Trish took exception to this. She noticed there were bikini contests, and even Candice Michelle was featured for her controversial GoDaddy.com commercial. She took this as Divas trying to steal her spotlight. Trish goes on to call out Christy Hemi. She throws insults her way, going as far to call her a <clears throat> slut. For agreeing to post, for agreeing to post for Playboy, Christy responds by saying, "Posing for Playboy doesn't make one a slut. Sleeping with half the locker room does, though." Oh, I mean, which we still have it. You know, seeing that backed up as fact, like she was in a weird relationship with Chris Jericho, but they weren't actually dating. Yeah, so was Chris, and then Christian, and that just kind of ended, and she's been alone ever since. Anyway, uh, Trish takes exception and slaps Christy. Jim Ross calls it jealousy on commentary. And uh, furthermore, <laughs> this was supposed to be the, the big unveiling of, of Christy Hemi uh, being on Playboy. Uh, and, tr- you know, Trish is shaming her for that. And as the segment is wrapping up, Jim Ross, I guess, to sort of like <laughs> rally her feelings or something. I was like, oh, don't you worry, Christian. We're all going to be looking at that Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> We're still all going to be whacking back in San Diego. <laughs> you see that exposed who on them knockers? It's fine. What kind of deranged, like... Congratulations, Christy. We're proud of you. And darn right, we'll be looking at the Playboy next month, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. I'm... I'm sure he felt uncomfortable saying that. Jim, compliment her tits before she leaves the ring. Or I don't know how Jane would feel about that. She doesn't feel anything. She's called that dad. If you don't do it, I'm going to sexually assault Jane. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good Lord. 
He just like straight up admits it. Like I'm, go- I've got <laughs> threatened God. <laughs> Nothing in particular. You know, you don't know what's coming. I'm going to sexually assault you. Uh, anywho, what do you guys make of uh, this Playboy drama? I mean, it's it's something to argue about, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's very divas era. The, yeah, this is from the uh, the category of women uplifting women. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's like this is such a uh, weird period because like this, the, you know, the, the upcoming match, folks. It features like three of like basically just the workers of the women's division That's and like every very talented. Yeah, yeah, and then everybody else, it's like I can dish. <laughs> yeah, a little silly, but this is all you know building up to Christy versus Trish at Mania. Um, which doesn't get talked about for a reason. And we'll get into that later, but nevertheless, let's get into the match. So Molly Holly attacks Victoria as we get underway here. Victoria whips Molly into Trish, knocking her off the apron. Then Victoria hits a scoop slam on Molly, followed by a booty shaking moonsault. Oof. (laughs) Which, like, far be it for me to... um, uh, throw a critique on the uh, booty shaking part, but uh, Victoria's not very good at it. Nor does she have much booty. No. She got enough. She does enough, but it's like, you're wasting time. <laughs> wasting time? <laughs> you're shaking your butt. It's like JR nowadays, but like, you're shaking your ass. You should be going for the pen. What the hell? Oh, I see. <laughs> okay. Well, she's charging up, Jim. It's it's torque. It's the theory of torque. <laughs> the theory of torque. She's shaking not for the, her butt, but for <laughs> the internal the internal gyroscope inside her ass, Jim. It, it, it's inertia, Jim. Woo. It's ass inertia, Jim. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I don't know about all the science, folks. I just went to Oklahoma. And did what? I don't know. With Danny Hart. I'm joking at home. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, Victoria attempts a clothesline on Trish. Trish does the Matrix dodge. Ma- excuse me, Matrix dodge. But Victoria catches her with a kick to the gut. She attempts another booty shaking moonsault. But Trish rolls her up for a two count. Trish nails a clothesline on Victoria. And perhaps the only time in life this has happened. Trish looked very unattractive as she mocks Victoria's booty shaking moose. <laughs> she looked musty. M-U-S-T-Y. She opts for a kick, though. Victoria brings Trish on her shoulders for a cool-looking sidewalk slam. Gotta give, gotta give her props there. Mm-hmm. Kind of flips her from a shoulder to slam position. Uh, Victoria goes for the pin, but Molly breaks it up. Molly with a Northern Light suplex. Trish attempts a stratus-facting bulldog. But Molly flips her backwards. Kind of look like a modified Skingo. Ooh, a Skingo. Yeah. Skingo, you know? Not quite a Spugingo, but a Skingo, you know? <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the abbreviated Spugingo, the Skingo. <laughs> skingo bomb. <laughs> hey, this is what you get. This is what you get for uh, subscribing to our Patreon. Spugingo squad, where you at? You, you guys have a Skingo squad here on uh, on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Secret, secret single skingo squad. <laughs> but Trish lands on her feet. Victoria rolls her up, but Molly breaks up the count. 
Double suplex to Victoria. Trish begins whacking Molly around. <laughs> Victoria rolls up Trish, and this leads into clotheslining both women, followed by a spagingo. Oh, on Molly. There we go. Oh, hell yeah. Headbutt to Trish. Molly attempts the Molly go around on Victoria, but misses. Pretty crash and burn there. Victoria nails the widow's peak on Molly, but Trish pulls her out and steals the pin on Victoria. Off for, excuse me, she's from Victoria, retaining her title. And I'll go. Th- <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. He's gone. What a. Th- a slide. <gasps> I'm right. I'm saying it. You know what? I got to agree. She is a slut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go first here. Thumbs mildly up. You know, it was a pretty good little outing. It was short. Uh, but they pulled out some fun stuff. I can't hate on it. Yeah, I, I agree. Thumbs up for me just because it's like, hey, look, it's a women's segment that's not just like tits and tits and tits. Uh, there's <laughs> nobody that's crazy inexperienced and it didn't go too long and they put on some good stuff. I mean, yeah, I give it a thumbs up. I, I I enjoyed a little opener. Yeah, I mean, it, it had a, a good enough match, decent little finish, kept it tight. Whatever, go home. Good, good match. Thumbs up. I mean, the the audience, the audience didn't help it, but I mean, you know, whatever. They're they're in a college town. You see, and that's kind of the problem. They're in a college town, and they brought out talented women. They should have brought out like the Bazongas. Yeah, I mean, they got Christy Hemi back there. I'm sure they got a few others. Yeah, they got Christy Hemi and GoDaddy Girl. Can they just come out and been like, look at what we got, guys. And everybody would have uh, cheered and gone home happy. And instead they had to do this wrestling nonsense. (laughs) I've done everything as you say. Without question, I thought it would help me see things clearly. But instead of helping me to see, I look around and it's like I'm blinded. We cut backstage to Triple H and Ric Flair. They're both gleaming over the idea of Batista going to SmackDown. Triple H mentions he wants to speak with the animal, but learns he's not yet here. And Rick says he's called him twice, but it went straight to voicemail. Rick tries to assure H he offers to go looking for him in the parking lot. Okay. We get a WrestleMania 21 Hollywood parody in the form of Pulp Fiction starring Eddie Guerrero and Booker T. And uh, I thought it was really funny. What did you guys think about this? I loved it. Like, it, it was... It was stop what you're doing viewing. Mm-hmm. Like... Like these two together, especially when Booker broke into the Ezekiel twenty five seventeen sucker. Like it, it was, <laughs> it was hysterical. Like I loved it. Every every moment of that was good. It was so good it overshadowed the the other one. Yeah, that's honestly what I was thinking too. It was like really well done. Like uh, uh, Leap, I don't know if you've seen Pulp Fiction, but like uh. Everything about that scene, they did really well, like from the set to the costumes to the everything. Like they nailed the look and feel of the movie, and it was funny. I was going to say, all about Eddie Guerrero, though, man. Oh, you know, incredible. 
<laughs> it just looks so off to me. I, I you love know what they call WrestleMania in France? WrestleMania. WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> we cut backstage to Christy Hemme, Candice Michelle, and Trish Stratus. Trish antagonizes the women, referring to Christy again as a <clears throat> slut. <laughs> Christy uh, makes a joke in retaliation, which leads to Trish slapping Candace. Trish tries to call her bluff, saying, what are you going to do about it? But Christy takes her down. To Chinatown. We once again cut backstage to Randy Orton and Stacy Keebler. They're encountered by Shawn Michaels, and Shawn gives Randy some advice and perspective. He claims no one cared about who uh, he, being Shawn, was until he went out there with a ladder at WrestleMania 10. A ladder and nobody else. Nobody <laughs> whatsoever. It was just Shawn and a ladder. And everyone said, and a ladder. Oh, Shawn, it's amazing. Do that ladder thing again. Well, it's like the... It's like, they're not just going to hand you stuff. You have to go down and take it. You also have to be, like, really politicky and smash people and uh, <laughs> undermine other folks' careers. But you got to take it. It's like, okay, <laughs> shut, shut up. In a few years, you're going to hear people talking about a brass ring. That's not a real thing, okay? Just like just get the term brass ring out of your mind. Uh, that's not something you should have, uh, worry worry about, you know? Randy. So Randy says, like, what What about those guys? You said, you know, you put them in a crate and said, go out back to OVW. <laughs> Nothing, it doesn't matter. I know that's the future, but still, it's my point. Randy, the heartbreak kid says, in the year 2020, a company called AEW. <laughs> Whoa, dude. <laughs> hey, nothing you can say. It's Simon Dean versus Chris Jericho. Before the match here, Simon Dean calls the audience fat, because of course he does. And he makes reference to Penn State coach Joe Paterno, which doesn't age well, as we said at the start of the show. <laughs> More like Joe Pedophilio, am I right? More like Joe Pedterno. More like, you son of a bitch. Jeez. <laughs> Chris Jericho coming off a loss to Muhammad Hassan one week ago and a loss to Chris Benoit the week prior and a double disqualification finish to Law Resistance before that so Chris Jericho's on a losing streak but uh, he's not losing here to Simon did he have um, did he have that All That Remains song as his theme at this time because they showed the little CD graphic in the corner but it was just like the you know break the walls down theme no it was just break the walls I guess they're just throwing the CD up, and they were like, "We're not going to read for that crap. Get out of here." <laughs> we begin with the lockup. Jerry on commentary asks Jr. if he's tried the Simon system, and he responds, "Do I look like I've tried it? If it's not barbecued or chicken fried, I'm not going for it." It's <laughs> like beautiful. Oh Lord. Uh, Jericho, he lands a huge springboard dropkick to send Simon off the apron to the floor. Jericho goes for a baseball slide, but Simon evades. 
Jericho press slam to Simon on the barricade, but either Jericho misses or Simon does, but Simon just misses the barricade. It looked really sloppy. Yeah, completely whiffs it and then sells it. I remember. Oh. Like, all right, dude, just go with it. And Jericho's like, it's, it's raw. It freaking matter. <laughs> Nobody's watching. Nobody's watching this bullshit. <laughs> Jericho off the top misses. Excuse me. Jericho off the top, he misses. Simon in DDT position rams Jericho's head into the middle turnbuckle. And I thought that was a, an interesting looking move. I, I kind of liked it. It's not something you see every day. That's definitely for sure. <laughs> Simon comes off the middle rope, but Jericho catches him in midair with a drop kick. Jericho starts firing up, clothesline, takedown, slingshot, bulldog, and he misses a lion salt. Simon doing with a unique looking takedown. It looked like a finisher to me, and my heart sank, man. I was like, no, do not make Jericho lose to this loser. Buddy joke of a character. Buddy kicks out. Shortly after, we get a Walls of Jericho, and despite getting hands on the Simon System duffel bag, he taps out. Jericho snaps his losing streak. And I'll start here. I said thumbs whatever. It was okay. You know, Simon Dean is musty, but it is what it is. Kyle, what do you think about this match? Yeah, kind of same. I mean, like, eh, awful, but like, it's TV. You know, it's raw in 2005. I don't have high standards and it didn't completely suck. So it's whatever. It's the first real like match kind of exposure I've had to Simon Dean considering like his rumble appearance is like all of five seconds. Still kind of like, yeah, that's a guy. All right. (laughs) Yeah, it's he's very I mean, he's the nondescript dude. I mean, he's he's a total schmuck character. So it is what it is. But he's just big all of nothing, ain't he? Yeah, he's just there, and there. it's just to try to tweak Dean Malenko because somebody's bored, and it's not working. Like, nobody else gets it, so it's not... It's ribbing on the square is what is it... Is, this is why... This is ribbing on the square, and this is why it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, it's... The match was fine. Um, One question I have, though, is, is... Are the walls of Jericho... Is it over right now as a move, or is it, like, a transition move? Like, it sometimes is. Because, like, if Simon Dean tapped out to the walls of Jericho and it's a transition move, then he looks like a big pussy. But if he tapped out and it's over, then it is what it is. No, it's, it's not a transition move. It doesn't finish a lot of matches, but um, it, it's certainly that, like, That's oh. kind of what I would say. Like, I don't ever feel, I don't feel like the walls have ever, it, the walls are like the figure four. Like, they never actually finish a match. Sure. Uh, you know, I was actually surprised. I was looking through, um, a Jericho uh, move video on YouTube the other day. And I was surprised in the uh, the PG era just how many matches he finished with the Lion Tamer. Like, dudes tapped out to that, and I was like, that's, that's fascinating to me. Yeah, the Lion Tamer was over. But, uh, I mean, you some might say, yeah, it's a transit. I'm not going to say it is. I'm going to say if anyone got locked in it. In a big match, they would find their way out of it, but in a in a TV match, they, you know, they they might succumb to it, and that happened here. Mm, fair enough. That said, thumbs thumbs gentle up. It was okay. It's a TV match. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Hey boy, would you meet me on the roof tonight? 
Backstage to Eric Bischoff and Teddy Long. Acting. Acting. How many times on this show have we seen either like two GMs or something like that? Or, you know, whether it's just like Austin and Bischoff or Stephanie and Bischoff or somebody and whoever. Like a match happens and then it cuts to them backstage looking at a TV and they go, haha, see, that's how you do it on insert place <laughs> or personal preference. And then the other person's like, yeah, well, I'll do it good, too. Well, you don't have John Cena. Well, while we, while we have seen it many times, uh, it will come to an end. At least I think it will. Um, because once Eric Bischoff leaves, there's no definitive raw general manager. Gosh, until William Regal in 08. So it's like, you know, Eric Bischoff gets fi- fired in this season, 05, so it's it's a three-year gap. And I think from Regal, it's like the authority, so it's like the reality era, some call it. But um, it's kind of interesting to think about. So not for long. It's kind of, kind of attached to Eric Bischoff there, I guess. Uh, nevertheless, uh, Teddy recalls Batista's actions at No Way Out. He sure is happy about a Raw superstar coming out and beating up his stars. <laughs> but, you know, he sees the bigger picture and asks Bischoff to imagine John Cena versus JBL versus Batista for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 21. And Teddy questions Eric and he says he doesn't seem sure of what will happen. And Eric says he's sure that Batista will challenge for the World Heavyweight title. Shawn Michaels barges in, and he says, Speaking of WrestleMania, despite the fact he just entered into this private conversation and had no way of knowing what was being discussed. It's it's, it's literally what Shawn would do back in, like, 96, just creep, and then people would be like, Oh, you're booking. Well, how about putting me over? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I walked into a work, uh, work room here, and you, you guys working, Oh, it's my match. Well, you know what people would love is if I won. <laughs> You know, they could have been talking about Beyblades, you know, for all he knows, but nevertheless. <laughs> Honestly, I would take that and be like, it's like, I just have been over here to talk about WrestleMania. How about me, Kurt Angle, Beyblade main event? <laughs> I, Didn't that happen? Austin I just, Theory was a Beyblade. I mentioned it like this, like, like, hey, I heard you guys talking about WrestleMania in here. Speaking of WrestleMania, Sean, no one's talking about WrestleMania. Yeah, but now that you are, here's my idea for WrestleMania. Uh, nevertheless, Sean asks Teddy to send a message to SmackDown that the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels is challenging Kurt Angle to a match at WrestleMania. And Teddy says he will indeed deliver the message. We get a WrestleMania We get a WrestleMania recall. Some old dude, Mr. Downey, blows smoke in Roddy Piper's face. So Roddy Piper sprays a fire extinguisher in his face. What did you guys think of this classic WrestleMania moment? 
I had no idea who the hell that guy was. Thank goodness I didn't either. <laughs> I, I didn't even, I didn't Google him. Is he like somebody of note or was he just some guy who he picked out because he's being an asshole and smoking? I just Googled Mr. Downey and it just gives me Robert Downey Jr. I'm going to look up Mr. Downey smoking. That or, just looks like a guy who smokes. Maybe Mr. Downey Roddy Piper. More the mouth Jun Downey Jr. dies. Oh, he was a guy who like put a bunch of cigarettes in his mouth apparently. Mr. Downey was known for deliberately blowing smoke into the faces of his get. Like, apparently that was his whole gimmick. Morgan Downey Jr., 67, the growling and opinionated TV talk show host who shocked viewers from behind a haze of cigarette smoke, died here March 12th of lung cancer and other respiratory problems. Huh. Wow. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Mr. Downey reigned over trash TV in the late 1980s, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, he was uh, some guy whose whole deal was he smoked in people's faces. Oh, man. You know what? I almost, I, I want to believe that this is them kind of being like, throw this clip in. It'll make the sponsors happy because the whole truth, people. <laughs> Honestly, though, you're not far <laughs> off. That, make, that makes sense. Yeah, if only Mr. Morton got a truth campaign. <laughs> <laughs> What about Wilford Grimley? He wouldn't have diabetes. Aww. Aww. Don't watch out for sugar, folks. I saw an uh, interview he did, like a like Comic-Con or something, uh, years ago, because he, you know, he died in 2020. But uh, this someone that said, hey, <laughs> hey, Mr. Brimley, what's your favorite candy bar? And he goes, I don't have one. I got diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite candy bar? My favorite, I don't eat candy. I got diabetes. Oh, I do have a sugar-free little mini Hershey's every once in a while. <laughs> like how his voice is just Jim Ross. <laughs> just Jim Ross and he's like really tired. That's all it is. A grumpy, gravelly Jim Ross. <laughs> oh, hey folks, it's me Jim Ross. Hey, it's uh, me, Willard Brimley. We kind of sound alike. <laughs> oh, don't be ridiculous. You, you, I got diabetes, you had a stroke. Two different. Oh, jeez. You like barbecue? Boy, do I. <laughs> but I need a sugar-free barbecue sauce if you got one, please. You go to heck. Poo poo pee pee. Dumbass Kane, Tippin' Han, Tyson, Too Many Tattoos, Tomco. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> someone someone really put a sound to that. This match. Yeah, it was nothing. This is a nothing. Very match. short. Very short. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, my first note was oh no, Tomco has a mic. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I had to say Tomco illegally speaks on a microphone. <laughs> this is a good one. Why didn't they just keep him as Christian's muscle? He was fine as that. <laughs> this is a, a basic human rights violation. Tomko should never speak. <laughs> uh, but he says it's pathetic how all the spotlight is on Batista. He cruelly un and unusually goes on to say, everyone's going to see how the real star is him and his new problem, because he's the problem solver, is Kane. It's Marina Shafir. <gasps> so... Very quick one here, but let's get started. 
Cain begins with evil uppercuts. Ooh, it's spooky. But, <laughs> but Tomko responds with clubbing blows. Cain looks. That blows. Cain looks for a spagingo, but Tomko kicks. However, Cain responds with a big boot followed by an elbow drop. Whipped to the corner with a clothesline, but Tomko hits a big boot. Tomko mounts with punches, and Kane fights his way out of a rest hold, placing Tomko on the top rope and nailing him with a boot. Kane hits his signature top rope punch. Kane signals for a choke slam, but Tomko evades, but still gets caught in a gut buster. Very Ooh. interesting looking move there. Kane with shoulders, then charges, but misses hitting his shoulder on the ring post. Tomko goes for a big boot, but misses, and Kane hits a choke slam for the win. Um, Jake, what do you think about this? All uh, thumbs incomplete. I don't know what the point of this was, because like, yeah, you know, Tomko comes out and like, yo, give me respect on the microphone. Kane rolls his eyes at him, like while he's while he's monologuing. Like they they cut to Kane in the ring, and he's like, this motherfucker, and so. <laughs> Then he just gets a he gets a two minute heater match, and like how did Kane win? He blew his fireball before the match. He didn't have anything afterwards to explode. So I don't know, man. I don't know how we're supposed to tell when Kane wins and loses now. But That's I don't know. Same thing. <laughs> some some bald guy beat another bald guy, and we move on. Honestly, Our like rolls on at this point, like this is not Kane. This is Glenn. Like, why do we yeah. have to watch this asshole? <laughs> This guy sucks. <laughs> Tell us, like, serious, that's the best way you could put it. This is not Kane anymore. This is just Glenn. 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 Kane Jacobs. Remember that Starbucks commercial? No. Glenn's the guy going to work. Got his tie. Bakery? What year was it from Levi? I think I signed an NDA about Maybe 05, 06, something like that. I don't know. Anyway, I said thumbs middle pointed towards down. What was the point of Tomko opening his dumb mouth? What a loser. <laughs> I will say, I will say, I know you guys don't like Kane. Every right to 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 go with that. I 100% support you. But I will say, he's a lot more fun as a baby face. So I didn't, I didn't mind what he was doing in this match. But I mean, he's fun as a baby face, but like, honestly, like. Prefer him as a baby mask. Yeah, for real. Like, I, I'm still not over, like, removing his mask and everything. It's now yeah. removed the majority of what made him appealing. There is zero mystique. He is just Glenn now. It, it, it's PTKD, post-traumatic cane disorder. Permer. <laughs> that insane pain cane. <laughs> and the effects, it's long cane. We need some cocaine. Oh, that's an interesting, like all white and everything. Yeah, it'd be cocaine. Or the demon red and it burns. <laughs> <laughs> that's his finisher. We cut backstage to Ric Flair. A limo is pulling up and Rick is excited that Batista is here. However, this isn't Batista. It's the masterpiece, Chris Masters. Wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> he introduces himself as Rick is searching the limo for Big Teast. He's like, you're not Batista. <laughs> He's like looking in the limo. Dave, Dave, where are you? 
So Chris extends his hand for a handshake and tells Rick to watch his match. He might learn a thing or two, and then pats him on the shoulder. He kind of fumbled over his words, making him look like a dork. But yeah. What- He's a bit of a dork, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Like, this is this is so cheesy. Like, this is cheesy to me. Like, this is straight out of 1990s, like, WWE, especially when he comes out. His music sucks. No, this is Every early episode. 90s, WWE. This is narcissist. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is ass, is what this is. <laughs> the ass piece. The fact that he goes over later against a guy who was legitimately getting a reaction from the audience before he came out. Like, get out of here. How did you describe it? Chris Masters? Me? Yeah. I've already forgotten. He's a big old freaking dork. But but you said a certain word. The, the uh, Man, a certain pretty... A word. Asshole? <laughs> idiot? <laughs> Good grief, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that sounds like early nine or late nineties, like flash, like sound effects. (laughs) Shot of nostalgia for the day. Anyway, uh, we cut to the arena to Muhammad Hassan and Davari. Kyle hit it. Uh, as they make their entrance, Jerry makes racially insensitive jokes. <laughs> I may be a be fair. He's, fed, he's being fed by signs in the crowd, so. Yeah. What? Okay. I'm sure we've, we've said this once before. We're not the first podcast to say this, but why exactly is Muhammad Hassan a heel here? Because we're uh, four years removed from 9-11, knee deep in the Bush era. <laughs> Right. No, I, I'm I'm with you there, but like, <laughs> like when it comes to being a heel, basically we're we're just being like, Oh, you're brown, we don't like you which is exactly his point. I know, exactly. <laughs> He's like, I'm an American, I was born here too. I'm actually Italian. <laughs> and well, we don't like you because you wear weird clothes and speak that weird language. <laughs> Then when you hear someone attacks you, you defend yourself. What, what, what the hell? Muhammad informs us that it's President's Day, a day where it's, uh, excuse me, a day where it's iterated. What the heck happened to my text? I have your voice. You just keep having crap out. What the heck happened to your I keep crapping out? Not you. <laughs> You're just like, Muhammad is so, oh, man, Muhammad. Oh, okay, good, 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 okay. <laughs> He's struggling with the word. Yeah, my my thing. Let me read it real quick. Muhammad. Okay, here we go. Uh, a day where it's... <laughs> my God. It's President's Day, okay? And Muhammad iterates that it's a day where all men, all men, all men are equal, except me, because I'm treated unfairly. <laughs> and he made it a point to say he's treated unfairly on Raw. So, takes a little bit of the luster out. Uh, and he claims that no one can beat him, 
and he has the undefeated record to prove it. So he's taking his claim to challenge Triple H at Mania if Batista signs with SmackDown. And he barks on about deserving the main event when Chris Benoit comes out. USA, USA. He's he's now residing in Atlanta, Georgia. He he looks and says, "You know what, everyone? Someone in this ring is a killer." <laughs> he starts booing Muhammad Hassan, and then he looks at the camera and smiles. Meanwhile, William Regal, William Regal in the darkness, just kind of like is just looking on. <laughs> There's something about this man. <laughs> William Regal in the darkness, passing out from taking too many pills. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, uh, Muhammad says, let me guess, you think you deserve the main event? And Benoit denies such claims and says he's here to challenge Muhammad to a match so that he can shut him up once and for all. And if anyone's an expert on shutting someone up once and for all, it's Chris Benoit. <laughs> yeah. Muhammad accepts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, folks. Muhammad accepts, but not tonight. Boo. Benoit attacks before he can explain, and Davari rides the back as Muhammad hits a chop block, which Jim Ross was more than excited to talk about. That's a chop block like the University of Oklahoma football. I can't wait for Oklahoma football to start up in about three weeks. They're going to kick the ever-logging dog crap out of the Penn State Nickley Rapist. Oh, jeez. In 2017, a player named Baker Mayfield will walk on and say, suck my balls to Kansas University. I want to love it. (laughs) Uh, Both men lay the boots to the crippler as Muhammad hits his finisher. JR on the call. I have no idea what Devara was saying, but you can bet your bottom dollar it was disrespectful as hake. What if he was just like... We have to get out of here soon because we have to catch the L train to get out of town properly. Funny if he is actually saying, like, you're a very good wrestler and are nice, but this day we have bested you. Like, just genuine, like, fine stuff. And they're just like, I'm speaking that devil language. I don't like it. Gosh. Imagine Saudi shows in the Ruthless Aggression era. Oh, God. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> don't let JBL go. Oh, Lord. They'd behead him. He'd be like, <laughs> he would be. He would try to do a beheading in the ring. He'd be like, what? I, that's, I didn't know. I thought this was part of the culture. Look, I got a towel on my head just like all you. On a, uh, <laughs> JPL, get out of here. Did y'all just get out of the shower or something? Didn't JPL bring out Andy Miller and Lockett? He's got a towel on his head. Don't call him a towel hand, folks. Uh, <laughs> Alien Alien plays as Muhammad leaves Benoit Lang. Folks, we gotta be back in a minute, but first, we gotta do some more stuff. Mr. Constantine, I need to see what you see. You do this, there's no turning back. What's wrong? I don't know, I just feel... Days. Something's coming. The battle begins to save our souls. Heaven and hell are right here. We're smack in the middle. Welcome to my life. Constantine, rated R, starts Friday, February 18th. 
Where's the juice? You can get extreme juicy drop pop. Two drops on your pop and you got some intense flavor. A few more drops and... <laughs> juicy drop pops, juice it up. <laughs> get it started. Get it started. Let's get it started. Ha! Let's get it started with Now That's What I Call Music, Volume 17. Let's get it started in here. 20 of the hottest hits from your favorite superstar artists featuring Terror Squad, Black Eyed Peas, and Sierra. And when you call or order online at nowthatsmusic.com, you'll receive this cool cell phone holder free with paid order. Now that's what I call music. Volume 17 has all the hits, including Lil Flip, Nelly, and Jadakiss. To order Now That's What I Call Music, Volume 17, call or order online at nowthatsmusic.com. $18.98 plus $4.95 shipping and handling. Rush delivery available. Call now. of Mr. Vince McMahon. You do know Mr. McMahon, don't you? Yes. I'm sorry. Did you say something? I said yes. Vince McMahon with the WWE. Check out the big brain on you. You know what they call WrestleMania in France? This is good. Tell him, Eddie. Eddie! WrestleMania? That's right. But do you know when WrestleMania is? April 3rd? Look at you. But if you're so smart, why haven't you bought tickets to say at WrestleMania 21? Because they're sold out. But there is pay-per-view. Somebody stole our pay-per-view box. You hear that, Eddie? Somebody stole their pay-per-view box. That's a real shame. Do you read the Bible, son? Yes. You see, I got this passage memorized. Ezekiel 25, 17. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Now can you dig that, sucker? WrestleMania tickets? WrestleMania goes Hollywood. And now, the WWE Slam of the Week, sponsored by Juicy Drop Pop. While the uh, most extreme Elimination Challenge theme song plays in the background. <laughs> I, I noticed that, too. I was like, hey, man. 
where are these guys running from? No, they're running to most extreme elementary dream to. I was like, man, we should review that instead of this episode. <laughs> hey, I'm down. I'm down. Keila douche. What what do you got what do you patrons say? Do you want us to review a, a, a MXC? Of that. Uh, uh, the culture. Let's do it for the culture. <laughs> Randy hits an RKO on Christian to win his match the week prior. So there's a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, you know, Christian and Edge kind of made amends at New Year's Revolution when Edge tried to get him in the chamber. Randy's kind of feuding with Christian lately. Edge is feuding with Shawn Michaels. So, of course, a tag team match player. Collar and elbow tie up to begin. Randy gets the better of it, shoving Christian down, and he does his taunt. Hey! Nothing you could say. Christian grapples again and ends up punching Randy in the gut. Christian whips Randy into the corner. Randy evades a charging Christian and hits a high hip lock takeover followed by a side headlock takeover. Christian inches Randy as Randy has him in a headlock, just enough for Edge to pull him by the tights and into their corner. Christian with shoulder thrust tags to Edge. JR talks about how it's been a long time since we've heard Christian and Edge together in a tag setting. <laughs> and Jerry corrects him by saying, well, actually, it's Edge and Christian. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing alphabetical, dang it. King, shut the hell up. Anyway, darn the natural. I'd love it if he just did that at one point. Edge whips Randy into the corner, and Randy pulls out a cool, evasive flip rollover thing over Edge and rolls him up for a pen attempt. Randy works over Edge's shoulder and tags to Shawn Michaels. Shawn with a million-dollar knee lift. Edge with a huge right takes down Shawn Michaels. Sean works over Christian with chops and punches. He then rams his head for a 10 spot with the last three going to the remaining turnbuckles. It's always fun. The crowd's like, delete, delete, delete. Whoa, wait. <laughs> he whips Christian into the corner. He rebounds off of it and walks right into a spikingo. Christian fights back with punches to the gut. Sean kind of gets backed in the corner. And he's forced to fight off both dudes. He catches Edge with a rough-looking Luthez press. Yeah, that looked bad. Lots of quick back-and-forth action between Sean and both Edge and Christian. Sean is never down for the count, waiting to make the hot tag, though. Matter of fact, he was keeping Christian in the rest hold the majority of the time here. Both men cleverly send Sean flying over the top. Christian kind of shoves uh, Sean kind of with his feet. And he sends him backwards with Edge holding the top rope down. 
Thought it was clever. Edge hits a clothesline off the apron. He hits Sean so hard that it cuts to a commercial. <laughs> he broke the he broke the string in half. He's like, we gotta go commercial, folks. <laughs> we now see Sean solely on the defense as Edge works him over. Sean is able to battle back against Christian after some back and forth to begin the ascent to make the hot tag. Randy chomping at the bit here, and Sean finally makes the hot tag to Randy Orton. Yeah. The crowd goes mild. Randy comes in with European uppercuts, leapfrogs, and a huge power slam to Edge, followed by knocking Christian off the apron. He then gets Edge down on his knees, execution style, and hits a Seamus-like ten beats of the Bowser, or whatever it's called, and he goes... <laughs> beats of the Bowser? What's it called? Like the Bowery? Yeah, ten beats of the Bowery. Oh, I, I don't know. He goes... Mouthy? Ten boring punches to the chest. Big peas and the pee-pee-poo-poo. He goes way beyond ten, as JR exclaims, All these shops are legal! They're legal! It's like, who are you trying to convince, Jim? Are they... So was that lady in my apartment last night. Oh, jeez. Hey, he was faithful to Jan. Uh, up until her Jan's still alive at this point. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't die till like, in like 2017. Because they had yeah, JR come out at WrestleMania um, with Roman and Undertaker. Which, which was now, really sweet. Now, Jim, I'm sure, is very familiar. Just pumping the lead. Oh, jeez. Randy catches Christian going up top and decks him with a punch, sending him barreling down to the floor. Randy goes up top and nails a high crossbody to Edge. Christian nails a cheap shot, allowing Edge and Christian to hit a tandem sidewalk slam slash reverse DDT. Only good for two on the pin. Kind of good. I like that. I like that double team move. That's what I like about them, man. They they were a tag team for so long so that they can bust out these moves. Yeah, Edge and Christian rule. Christian works over Orton for a while. Edge and Christian attempt a double flabjack, but Orton turns it into a double DDT, putting all men down, except one, because we get the hot tag to Shawn Michaels. Oh! Shawn starts cleaning house. Crowd are unfortunately dead for it. You know, they got their dander race for Orton, so this kind of jumped the shark. Although, it was fun. Shawn nails a ball blast in atomic drop on Edge. And then JR on the call calls it an Olympic slam to Christian. And JR should know better than to call it that. You're trying to get you're trying to get the E sued, dude. You bitch. <laughs> Christian attempts an unprettier, but Orton hits a huge drop kick. Orton attempts huge. He got way up there. Yeah, he did. Orton attempts an RKO on Edge, but Edge shoves him into the referee. Edge nails a spear, but Sean quickly attacks. Sean hits a beautiful elbow drop, and now the crowd are back up. He tunes up the band, and Edge steps... Excuse me, Edge stops that, though. And both Edge and Christian deliver a testicular traumatizing shot to the ring post with a chair on the call. Hey, wait, no! <laughs> they bring Sean back in with chairs and are setting up for the concerto. Sean uh, ducks. Sean ducks, and a loud bang from the chairs have both men going owie from their hands ringing. Randy takes Edge out to the floor. 
Christian charges Sean with the chair, but Sean evades and hits sweet chin music. It's over. Sean and Randy win. Kyle, let's start with you. What do you think about the match? It was fine. I mean, all four did their parts quite well. They, you know, brought out the cool moves, especially Edge and Christian doing the double team stuff. Uh, I don't know which I pop more for. Edge and Christian hitting off the concerto or them missing it. Because either way, it's always cool. Um, you know, for TV, it was good. Uh, certainly better than a lot of the <laughs> matches we've been seeing on pay-per-view. So oh my for that, I, you know, I'll give, it a th- I'll give it a thumbs up. It, it, it's pretty clear that the wrestling on Raw is better than the wrestling that's on pay-per-view, which is weird. It is uh, I, I think it's because, like, they just have the same standards for both, and it just works for TV better. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, this match was good. It, it was entertaining and it, it was a little long, I think. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, they, they did what they needed to do. Um, a nice little finish. I, I, you got to see everybody's athleticism and, and this is more, this match happened to set up an angle. And so like it, it's, it's fine. It's good enough. It's what, it's what a TV match should be. So I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I say thumbs up too. a great match with a cast of Hall of Famers. Randy is a great baby face, even though the tides are sending him elsewhere. Crowd were here for it, um, although it did seem that they lost it a bit. Uh, it was only briefly. Solid pay-per-view worthy match um, here on a Monday night. And as uh, I mean, you put this on No Way Out. It's the best match on the car. <laughs> yep. I'm um, Maybe omitting uh, Angle and Cena, but um, nevertheless. Uh, as the segment ends, Edge looks insane as he's pulling his hair and he's frothing at the mouth. Dude looks crazy. Edge has always had a good angry face. We cut backstage to Teddy Long and Eric Bischoff once again. Eric says, you like, only wish you had action like that on SmackDown. And he's like, I do every week, Clea. I have a tag team match with The <laughs> Undertaker. And he goes, Clea, we're both employed by World Wrestling Entertainment. We have equal amounts of action. Please stop this. <laughs> uh, but, but Teddy, he actually responds with, you haven't watched SmackDown. And Teddy, I did. I watched No Way Out. And this match was a billion times better than anything on that card. So I just want to say that. So get ready. Sounds like you want to go one-on-one with Undertaker. <gasps> and he busts open your door like Sting in that commercial. <laughs> From the Dream Come True Fantasy Foundation. <laughs> so Jonathan Coachman comes barging in. He informs them that Batista should be here in a few minutes. And again, what's with Batista being so tardy? Much like Eugene. Anyway. Oh. oh my God. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a common thing. If you're if you're important in WWE, you have to show up incredibly, incredibly fashionably late. What are they going to do? Fire you? It's like every attitude raw. Oh, Austin's just showing up to the building an hour and 45 minutes in. Here he is, folks. What if, what, what, if, what would you do if you held up at customs? I guess so. What if Eric Bischoff came out like, I bring it pains me so greatly. I wanted to sign Batista to Raw, you know, win the Royal Rumble and have the the world title match in the main event. He has unfortunately 
accrued his third coaching and I must let him go. He had he had an official written warning the last time this occurred, and due to uh, due to protocols, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to to let one Dave Batista go effective immediately. Uh, we we wish him the best in his future endeavors. He pulls out a third contract from his coat in the end, and it's from TNA. Uh huh. <laughs> pulls out a third contract. He's bringing back WCW. We cut backstage. We gotta get things back on track, dude. Oh lord. What Hogan doing here? <laughs> One, two, Thranoli. We cut backstage to Shawn Michaels being impromptu interviewed by Maria. She congratulates him and is seemingly following up on the WrestleMania challenge when he's Pearl Harbored by Edge. <laughs> J- <laughs> JR on the call as Edge pummels HBK. What the way? I knew it. I said JR, not Jerry. Oh, so Jerry was hilarious, though. <laughs> Edge beats up Sean and he says, Am I breaking your heart, Sean? So lame. <laughs> That's really lame. It's a cool spear, though, and he ended up spearing him through the trash. Yeah, he spears him through a bunch of, like, yeah, pretty gnarly looking stuff. Like, it looked like it hurt. You're not breaking my heart, but you might be breaking my back for real this time. Breaking my fart. Did I break your heart as you are the heartbreak kid synonymously known for being an affectionate love man? Did I break your heart, Sean? Hey, it's time to go to commercial. Stop listening to this now. Ms. Keebler, I have to inform you that this session is being taped. There's uh, no smoking in this building, Ms. Keebler. What are you gonna do? Charge me with smoking? Would you tell us the nature of your relationship with Trish Stratus? I was a tag team partner with her a few years ago. I liked tagging with her. She wasn't afraid of experimenting. I like women like that, who give me pleasure. She gave me a lot of pleasure. You ever engage in any mixed tag activity? Exactly what did you have in mind, detective? What about hardcore activity? Depends on what you like. How about sadomasochistic activity? Just asking. I prefer lingerie pillow fights. Have you ever been in a lingerie pillow fight, Chris? It's harder than it looks. It forces you to use all your muscles, your entire body. So, do you boys have any other questions? No. I'm good. I love you. WrestleMania goes Hollywood! 
Okay, um, let's get the next ones in here. Okay, boys, let's make this quick. We don't have all day. Game Informer rates it 9.5 out of 10. The best fighting game of 2004. GameSpot. IGN calls it the best Mortal Kombat ever. GamePro gives it a 4.5 out of 5. The best fighting game of 2004. Spike Video Game Awards. Mortal Kombat Deception. Rated M for Mature. Flawless victory. Steven Richards versus Chris Masters in his debut of a lifetime. It's an unveiling. Unveiling, eh? Oh, excuse me, he's unveiling. <laughs> Uh, Steven gets the jobber intro here, a.k.a. already in the ring. But, like, yeah, living the, it up with the fans. Like, they are loving Steven Richards right now. Oh, it's like, stop the Simon Dean crap, get in Blue Media, and just bring back BWO again. Yeah. <laughs> Perfectly good group of jobbers right there that you guys it's didn't know. People I just want to see Blue Mania do the dance. We want to see Blue, Blue Mania. Let's go. Let's get Steven Richards against Triple H for the, the heavyweight championship. I have to blow myself. What? 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 <laughs> I got one of my ribs out like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> oh, JR, that's a little too much information, even for me. Is that, that's, why, that's how I ended up with my first stroke, so to speak, folks. Oh I got to put a pillow under my ass when I go to shuck my ding dong. Otherwise, I'm rolling around on the floor like Sean of a Hedgehog. <laughs> You don't want to find a ring that's not made of gold, folks. As Sonic used to say, duh, duh, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, a blue hill zone for you. Just let me get my blue chew. Uh, rolling around at the speed of sand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Live and learn. Folks, I got to admit, I'm not much of a Sonic guy. I've been more of a shadow man myself. Oh my gosh, he's dark and mysterious. <laughs> what would you do if there's a picture out there of uh, Jim Ross wearing like a trench coat and a fedora? Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice guy's finished laugh. While Jan left. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. It's like alternate timeline where Jan just left and he got broody. You wouldn't join PWG. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's continue on here. <laughs> um, so Chris Masters with a uh, spectacular entrance here. What what did you guys make of the the masterpiece entrance with the the fireworks and the posing? You didn't like it. Pyro is lame. I thought the fire lame. that pyro is like that that fart pyro. It's just <laughs> it's so it's like it's so over the top. It's not cool. Honestly, I thought he looked. I thought they made him look way better in like the hype video. 
because they're they're trying to make like look at him he's adonis like he is a statue of a man but then he comes out and he's like i i'm another buff guy it's like yeah. you're right <laughs> it's like we just we're like we have batista on this show he's far more impressive than you whatever what are you crush masters yeah, it is a little lame, but I will say I always gave my creator wrestler this the intro, not because it fit the character, but because I wanted to extend the entrance so that I could see how much of a song I could play. <laughs> you just want to see if it could just loop back. But I, yeah, exactly. I always thought it was a little funny how he kept his hands on his hips when he walked, like sassy. <laughs> Wonder what the I'm creative trash. creative decision behind that was. Uh, but let's begin here. We get a lockup. Chris loves to show off his physique. Steven consistently responds with attacks. He hits an enziguri. Masters with a big back suplex. Big shoulder block in the corner. Richards gets up on it and makes it look devastating. Chops to the masterpiece, but Richards runs right into a huge forearm by Chris Masters, which legitimately broke his nose. Yeah. And um, I was actually listening to um, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, which I turned it off after like 30 minutes because good gosh. But anyway, um, they were encouraging Chris Masters to uh, lay it on thick, like look convincing, and he did it a little too hard here. So just talking about walking that uh, that tightrope of looking real but not being real. Real? (laughs) We then see the master lock locked in, and Chris Masters has won his debut. And I just have your squash Unveiling. match. It's not really reviewable. It was I. I like how the highlight replay showed his entrance again. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? I don't know. I know it's a squash match, but like I've seen squash matches that are at least kind of entertaining. And this wasn't it. It was just so whatever. It was nothing. I literally put my review, thumbs whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Start doing the master lock challenge so I can care about you at least a tiny bit. <laughs> I think I think that uh, the full Nelson as a finish is incredibly lame. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I think it's dumb. Why? It's boring. Because, like, it's something I do to my kids. It doesn't hurt. No, nah, dude, if you log in here for real, it hurts. Because we used to do this yeah, at okay. school. We used to do it at school. Okay. Yeah, okay, whatever. I'll be saying, to be fair, like, it's never struck me as a, as a pass-out finish. Thank yeah. you. I always feel like you're just cranking their neck until you feel like they're going to break it and they tap. You know, it's just, it just looks lame to me. Um, everything about this is lame. Like we we've got we've got Simon Dean, who's a fitness guru, but he's not as fit as this guy who shows up, who's way more fit because he's um he's a bodybuilder and with the face of gold. With, like I found it ironic that in the match he was like protecting his face and then he breaks Stephen Richards' nose. Like that's messed up on a, on a weird level, so yeah, this match was stupid. Chris Masters sucks, and I'm like, how? Like, please tell me we don't have a lot of him to endure. Yes, we do. Ooh, farts and pants. But I would Red say that SG after... goes off. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say he might teeter off sometime in mid 07. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. What? Yeah, yeah, he's around for a minute. The master lock dude, challenge, dude. The... Yeah, dude. That's the only reason I know him is because Bobby Lashley broke it. <laughs> oh, so, uh, spoilers. 
Oh no, I'm so, so sorry, folks. That, so <laughs> since you don't know, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. That's what's interesting about Bobby Lashley is that if you know his like lore, uh, this was like a big last moment for him. Yeah. He's breaking the master log challenge. So it's it's funny that he does that now. It's the hurt log. Honestly, yeah, now you mentioned it, Bobby Lashley, he does it like 10 times better, too. And it looks, it actually looks devastating when he does it. it. It's still lame. It's like the bear hug. Bear hug is a finish is stupid. Bear hug. No, it never looks good. No, no. Um, it's like, I'm holding you up by the waist. Ah. Ow, no, not the waist. Ooh, it's Gene Snitsky taking out Shelton Benjamin for the Intercontinental title. It's the fight of the realest names. Gene versus Shelton. <laughs> and the uh, Intercontinental title's on the line. Uh, last week, uh, big Gene Snitsky hit Shelton with a chair, so Shelton is mad. Mm. Shelton wastes no time, and he, he takes it right to Snitters with big punches. He leaps and gets right in the titter. <laughs> he leaps and oh, gets snitties, snitties. <laughs> he leaps and gets caught in a bear hug, but Shelton quickly headbutts his way out. He follows this up with a thrust kick to the thigh, and Snitsky he kind of comedically goes down. <laughs> he <laughs> falls backwards. Uh, Shelton takes Snitsky over the top to the floor, and he's just really kicking the snit out of Snodders. Uh, 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 uh. Oh. I've been waiting on that one. Uh, but Big Gene don't give a snit and starts laying. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting all the mileage out of Snitsky today. And he starts laying kicks to Shelton. Big sidewalk slam by Snitty Gene. Shelton fights back with punches and a shoulder tackle. Stinger splashed by Shelton, but Snitsky powers back. He goes for a chair, which is a repeat of last week. Shelton baseball slides it in his face. And he then takes it and whacks the chair right in Snitsky's face. Had me saying, holy freaking hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, holy snit at that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shelton, Levi, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think we heard the joke. Say it back again. Well, you did talk over it and not laugh. So I had to make sure it was said. No, I talked over it so I didn't have to laugh. That That's an amazing amount of foresight there. That's five sight. Uh, sing. Yeah, come on, come on, Falcon. This is funny. Shelton loses but retains due to disqualification. And I said, thumbs middle. It was a clobber fest and used to get Shelton over as a toughie. What'd you guys think? Thought it did just that. I mean, like, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, I, I just really like Shelton. He he really has good like varied offense. Just never keeps like doing the same thing repeatedly. It just always is interesting to watch. Like honestly, like I wish he would have been given more. Like kind of like you know Randy. He's given like this young up and comer spot. Like they should have been doing the same with Shelton because dude's real talented. I I really <clears throat> I think that he missed an opportunity when he's standing there posing with the chair 
The ref comes over and he's like, hey, hey, Shelton, um, here, here's your belt. Just don't hit me, okay? Like, he could have held the belt up and the chair. I think that would have looked really, really cool. Um, but, like, he got, he got his little moment to shine there and got his revenge. And, like, in a weird way, it's almost like we're, they're saying, like, okay, this is over now. Like, we blew it off on Raw. Like, that tells you, that tells you exactly where Gene Snitsky is on, on TV. If is he's getting his his segments blown off on Raw. I mean, he has his moments to shine in a few years when we go to HD. <laughs> yeah, HD Net when he's on TNA. <laughs> Did Snitsky ever go to TNA? Briefly. Oh, briefly. Oh, got him. Of course. He was part of, like, um, I think the big tag match where, like, Bubba Ray Dudley tried to powerbomb Dixie Carter or something. Yeah, he was in the main event <laughs> mafia. Who? Gene Snitsky. No. You silly, silly man. Dude, I don't give a snit. I like snit. Yeah. <laughs> we get another parody of the uh, the Hollywood parodies here of Basic Instinct with <clears throat> Stacy Keebler, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, and Christian. And I'll be honest, this might be my favorite one. And I haven't seen this movie, nor have I seen any of the other parody movies. But when they're questioning Stacy, and Christian asks, how about pseudo-masochistic activity? And, you know, everyone gives him this look. And uh, with a snit-eating grin, he says, just ask him. Uh, Stacy <laughs> responds, I prefer lingerie pillow fights. And I just lost it. That was so dang funny to me. <laughs> This was pretty good for me. I, I think for me, my my personal affinity towards Pulp Fiction made me like it more than this. Um, just because I was able to to know like, oh, wow, they did this movie exactly right. Which leads me to believe that they did this pretty well exactly right. Like the lighting looks exactly like everything I've seen from this movie. But um, it's a graduate, I believe they're they're spoofing. Or no, it's Fatal Attraction. That's right. Uh, the other, the other great uh, open leg scene in in cinema. It is. I, I I've never seen Basic Instinct, but I'm like familiar with the scene because it's just been referenced on like a million watch watch Mojo compilations. I'm sure. And uh, I don't know. I like the Pulp Fiction one better because I thought this was like a little one note. It's like, ha ha ha. Do you like sexy things? I like other sexy things. <laughs> Bring out the old bitches so we can laugh at them again. <laughs> that was oh, okay. That right. was funny when they brought out the May and and uh, what's her name, Mula, the devil. May she rot in peace. But um, oh, so she's an evil bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It ends with May and Mula coming in to be questioned next, and of course they do the same thing where. Uh, you know, she opens her legs to show panty, but but now it's gross because it's an old lady now. Ew. And there's fish in there. Oh, geez. And, and, and May is just weird. You know, she likes people being repulsed by her crotch. Like, what, what what's the term for that? I don't know, man. Their, their dynamics are so weird. It's like they, they've done, like, really funny stuff with them and also, like, really, like, good Lord, come on now, kind of stuff with them. Yeah. I was like, Mula is, like, May Young's handler keeping her from... I guess showing too much of her bare ass or something. I don't know. She's there to make sure she doesn't deep throat everybody that walks through the door. <laughs> I guess, yeah. We cut backstage to Rick. <laughs> backstage. 
We cut backstage to Ric Flair. He's begging Tease to pick up the phone on voicemail because he's been badgered by the champ when Triple H comes in and disappointedly says, Nothing, right? <laughs> Rick runs your 2005 era flip phone with the tiny antenna and talk to me, Rick. Rick runs down Triple H's accolades, talking about all he's done, and Triple H says, I've done more than you know. And reveals, reveals it was him who played the tape of JBL poking fun at Teast, and that it was him who orchestrated the white limousine with horns coming to run over Big Dave. You know what's funny about that is I skipped most of that particular Raw where the limo is coming after uh, Batista. Uh, I, I skipped over that episode of Raw in particular to find out who was driving the green saber. Pl- playing some San Andreas at the time. It turns out it was Big Smoke. Oh, man. You can't trust that fool. <laughs> All you had to do was follow the train. Rick sings Triple H's praises, saying how genius that is. Meanwhile, Triple H is calling Batista names like Big Idiot and claiming he's not smart enough to figure this all out, which is funny to me because it reminded me of... of um, it's because of stuff like this uh, that I used to think the lyrics to Batista's theme used to say, I'm sick of all these people talking with their heads. I never understood a darn thing that they said. So as if to play into the fact that he's hopelessly dumb, which couldn't be further from the truth, you know, in a spring. <laughs> But it, it was moments like this. I'm like, is Batista just like dumb? <laughs> no. Batista smash. <laughs> the camera slowly pans out of the room, which looked really goofy, to reveal Batista had been listening the whole time. Just standing awkwardly by the wall. And hoping no one goes out that door. Yeah, like nobody on staff, no security people, no talent. Nobody saw him just sneak into this 15,000 capacity arena. Just no one also went down the hallway he was standing in. Like, oh, hey, Dave. <laughs> Lynch was late. He could have just easily had just gone the other way and gone through the other door. I mean, like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> Dave, when did you get here? He goes, Dave, oh, no. I'm scared. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Run away like Scooby-Doo. And now it's time for the contract signing. Theodore Long and Eric Bischoff are out first, 
Eric introduces Batista, who is accompanied by Evolution, which kind of had me scratching my head. Like, when did they meet up? But uh, nevertheless. Oh, oh, you're here. Good. Oh, just in time. He, turned, he just turned the door around and went, Guys, I'm here. <laughs> they just oh, jumped through. Like, oh, we need to talk later. We need to have a uh, a coaching review about your punctuality. But we get out there right now. <laughs> Eric stakes his claim at the Batista sweepstakes and makes very good points. And I just want to say, I love Swiss Bischoff. And, you know, most people say Hill Bischoff is best. And don't get me wrong, uh... You know, I'd agree with that, but I love a no-nonsense Bischoff who is looking out for the greater good of his brand and isn't afraid to ruffle the feathers of people like Triple H. He puts over how great it would be for Batista to face Triple H. Meanwhile, Triple H looks white as a ghost at the idea of battling Big Teast. And it had me thinking, you know, what if like a UFC fight had this happen where the champion was low-key begging off for the challenger to go elsewhere? <laughs> like, yeah, you, yeah, you should go fight in a different weight class and, and really test your metal. I, I think that's a good idea for you. Uh, I'll be here in this weight class. <laughs> and I'd be like, you know, you could be here making big money taking my title, but Bellator is so much newer. To <laughs> Imagine winning a three-way match in Bellator because they do that. Theodore. Imagine a, three, a three-way UFC fight. A uh, three-way uh, blindfold scaffold fight. There is such a thing as a six-man uh, tag uh, MMA fight. I, 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 it was a mess. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I've seen video of it. It, it is a mess. <laughs> Theodore Long. A UFC fight where somebody just breaks out a chair and just clangs somebody in the head with it. <laughs> this is some Conor McGregor. Why, why does he slip? Why is Dana White? He's slipping in the nuts. There, no, that's only for his wife. Oh. Power slap, my wife. Theodore Long then makes his case as to why Big Teast should go to SmackDown. He says Beast, excuse me. He says Batista can't deny the electricity he felt when he walked at No Way Out. And of course he can't because he was the sole supply of said electricity. <laughs> Teddy lists all of the potential opponents he could have, and the memes write themselves as he wraps up by saying. Maybe one day you could go one-on-one with The Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, geez, Teddy. Uh, but now it's time for Batista to decide, says Theodore. Triple H then chimes in and makes his case, saying, it's not about what's best for Raw or SmackDown or TNA or ECW on Sci-Fi. It's about what's best for Dave. And he asks him to... Uh, imagine what it would have been like if the horsemen divided and conquered, or even DX, what it would have looked like if Shawn Michaels was the WWF champion and Triple H was the WCW champion. He challenges Dave to consider making history. Finally, Batista simply says, Hunter, I've known what I was going to do for a long time. <gasps> he throws down the Raw contract, holds up the SmackDown contract, both other members. No, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was enjoying it. Levi's just a square. <laughs> Sorry, this is really distracting. Uh, no. Both other members of Evolution giving the thumbs up. Batista returns the gesture. His smile slowly fades as he slowly gives a thumbs down. Crowd goes nanners. 
Triple H goes to attack, but Batista overpowers him. He tosses Rick out and delivers a Batista bomb through the table. He signs the Raw contract and says he's staying right here on Raw, and at WrestleMania, he's taking the World Heavyweight Championship. From you. From you. I'm like, dude, he's the only one that holds it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, was that supposed to be a, like, that was supposed to be a big go-home line, but it was kind of like, well, yeah, that, that, that was like the most, like, he was trying to read his script backstage. I'm going to take the championship from you. From, from you. Follow your nose. <laughs> Easy for Triple H to do. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be Batista versus Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship in the main event of WrestleMania 21. And that was Monday Night Raw, February 21st, 2005. And that was a pretty good show. It was alright. That you know had its lulls, but it's alright. What'd you guys think about it? It was alright. <laughs> they gave me hope. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't like nearly as bad as trying to sit through some Raws from the previous year, but I was not looking forward to watching this, but it was, it was pretty good. Just man, I just I want things to pop off a little more and get a little more hot. Could have just been this crowd or something. No, overall, enjoyable. It's fine. It's good. Are you guys saddened by the uh, disbanding of Evolution completely now? No, it's time. It's very much time. It's been a long time coming. Uh, we we are waiting on what is to come here. At least what, you know, I, I can't take anything for granted. So you know, I I hope this is the time. Also, do you find it ironic that the Hunter was talking about like, oh, and I would have been the the WCW champion while he's holding the WCW belt? I I thought for sure he was going to say he would have been the WWF champion. Because he's kind of put WCW over, you know? Yeah, I thought so, too. I was so weird. I feel like Terror Rising really hated it. I was to say, yeah. I was about to say, like, imagine if I was in WCW. It's like, you were. You were terrorizing. You didn't do anything. That's why you left. But yeah, that was Monday Night Raw. And we are continuing on the road to WrestleMania 21. Um, our next stop is the final destination, WrestleMania 21. We've already gone over the rundown of that show as well. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, with this, uh, with this insight, I mean, you guys already know, but does it get you excited for the match to come? Yes. For, you mean Triple H, Batista specifically? Like for Batista? Yes. For Triple H? No. <laughs> Why not? It's Triple H. Like, why do I have to look forward to? He's historically been dog shit for the past, like, two years. Well, now he's putting over the talent, actually. You know? Oh, how 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 noble of him to put yeah, over one talent. He's a guy who makes money. He's a guy who works with the guy who makes money. It's his only good <laughs> business decision. It is right. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to going over Mania 21. Um, yeah. And I don't have to go over so much spiel. You guys know who we are. You know where to find us. You know where to find Jake over at my show, Red Arrow Production. You know where to follow him at Crash Landis on Twitter. You know where to follow Kyle at Ruthless Pod Kyle. And follow us at Ruthless Pod. If you're not, I'm pretty sure all of you are. (laughs) It'll be weird if you didn't. Freaking patrons. But yeah, man, this was fun to do. A little raw review. Um, We hope you enjoyed it. We got, got some more stuff coming. Our ECW Barely Legal 
review is in the works. Uh, Kyle actually uh, pointed me to some old uh, unedited footage, so that'll give us uh, some some good stuff to work with um, in reviewing mm-hmm. that episode. But uh, any closing remarks, fellas? Uh, no. I think I, I got something else I want to say, actually. Uh... <laughs> Anyways, that's all, folks. That's it. That's it for the show. Goodbye. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Um, yep. Bye. <laughs>